How's your week been going, John? You know, it's going great. You know, the, I just started, so I just got those cabinets in, back on my remodel. So I, tomorrow or Monday, I'm going to take pictures this time. You know, I never take pictures. You and I just had that conversation in the middle of something. And although you've done a really nice job with some of the videos and stuff, like when you're just doing the uh, chairs here not long ago, but I want to try to take more pictures. Yeah. So that, yeah, that is what I'm working on right now. I'm very excited. The one room that's kind of been a, a dead room that we added with the remodel. It's got my desk. It's kind of uses my home office. I couldn't afford to do all the cabinetry and all that stuff in it. So I just had the cabinets installed here the other day. In fact, remember you called and you, can, you couldn't hear anything because he was working. Um, so that's in. I plan on casting those in place tomorrow or Monday, just depending on schedule. So that's what I'm doing on my end, man. Nice. Well, I spent the week casting concrete tile, and I got to tell you, these tiles came out so good. So good. Not a pinner to be found. They are perfect. 36 tiles, 36 perfect pieces. That being said, I, um, you know, I've done concrete tile quite a bit in the past, but nothing this large format that I have installed. We did tile a long time ago that was 24 by 48 quarter inch thick fluted tiles for this build in Phoenix that were, uh, that were around a tub. It was really cool. But these are, are going in the kitchen and I got a lot of, I got on Facebook and asked me questions about, you know, what do you recommend for uncoupling and, and mortar selection yeah. and that kind of stuff. Got a lot of response. But one of the responses I kept hearing from people is, you know, are you worried about curling? I'm like, no, I'm not worried about curling because I wet the back with a sponge, which I always do with concrete tile before I set it. But uh, one of the guys, Joseph Peasley or Paisley, however you say his last name, he's in France, I want to say. He's had a lot of experience and he was saying he went to a thin set or a, a fast set mortar that uh, essentially the moisture didn't have time to curl the tiles and, and he had much more success. But then other people like Martin Haddock are saying they seal the backside before mm-hmm. setting. So, you know, what's your opinion on that, John? Should I seal the backside to uh, to help mitigate any curling issues? Yeah, I 100% agree. Okay, I, I would what do you seal. recommend? I mean, I'm not talking fully seal, okay. but at least an application. An application, an application I would just do prime. My recommendation would be prime. It's got the micropolymer more, but more importantly, it has some of the silicate, specific colloidal that ultimately, in my opinion, would increase the bond to any thin set you use, but at the same time, mitigate moisture transmission. Gotcha. So that's what, yeah, so that would be my recommendation. Okay. So my plan will be then I'll take the tile and roll on a nice heavy coat of prime on the backside. Yeah, just roll it on. Yeah. And let them dry and then put them back on the pallet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'd just shoot, man. I mean, not that you want to do it during the install, but I could easily see where you just pulled them out, rolled it on. And in the time that that application is drying, you know, you set out your sunset, you place them. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, it doesn't have to be done weeks in advance. It could be done minutes. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm still going to do it ahead of time. Give them a few days to... To right. do what it does, the chemical reaction to help, you know, increase it. Hedge all my bets. Right. I don't want to do this twice. So Yeah. You know who needs to get back on is again, I keep saying this, Joe. Because Joe has been well, he doesn't install them, but he's been making some huge tile, like four foot by four foot ones. And the installer uses, I don't remember what the product was, but Joe was telling me about it the other day. It almost sounded like an epoxy or something. Mm, I don't want to do but, that, uh, but I'm gonna text Joe real quick while we're talking. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, there was some product that 
that his guy uses and just insane, you know, and Joe was telling me about it a few weeks ago, but I don't remember what it was. So, I mean, it'd be worth, worth a hauler just to say, just to hit him up. Cool. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, it sounded like it was some version of an epoxy, but I might be over the not remembering exactly, but no, man, other than that, still rolling along, loving life. I'm texting right now. Joe, John was telling me you have experience with installing large format concrete tile. What is the 411? On thin set or whatever. Cool. Sent. I'll see if he responds while we're doing the podcast. Yeah, I, I know I talked to him day before yesterday, and all he told me is that he was taking tomorrow off. So I don't know if he was going on a trip or what, taking a weekend or something, but yeah. What else, John? Yeah, anything else on you? Well, <clears throat> I keep getting these advertisements popping up on my, uh, my social media about products. <laughs> you already know where I'm going because I talked to you about this earlier this week because I keep seeing these ads. No. About products. I can't even say it with a straight face. About products that you can roll on to Formica and make it into a concrete countertop. It's, it's, uh, it's magic. It's truly magic. Yeah. That you can take particle board coated in a thin piece of plastic and then roll on essentially a paint and make a concrete countertop. Now, uh, you know, whatever, I get it. There's a place in the market for everything. There's a place in the market for all products, but that is not concrete. That's nowhere near concrete. One tap on that will tell you that, that this is just a lie, that it's a facade, that it's not concrete. You'll hear the, the uh, MDF below it right away. Well, even in the ad, the ad that you shot me, what I, what I found interesting about the ad or laughable about the ad is even in the wording itself, unless I was in my own head misreading it, but it basically was along the lines of like, hey, do you want to flip a house? Like, you know, hey, do you want to turn – hey, do you want to put some lipstick on a pig? Yeah. Because we got the lipstick if you got the pig. Well, And I – now – Dude, I watched, sorry. Uh, well, I, say, I, I watched that show, The Vanilla Ice Project, uh, where he's like flipping houses down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. And one of his favorite mm-hmm. things to do is they take gold spray paint and they spray paint like – the, the railing of a staircase and the light fixtures and this and everything's gold spray paint, right? But it's mm-hmm. a facade. It's a facade. It's, yeah, it's, it's all fake. It's, yeah. yeah. It's phony. And so, you know, maybe in a photo, it does look like concrete. Now, I don't think it does, but maybe some people will be like, oh, yeah, it looks like concrete. But in real life, in daily use, it's not concrete. There's, there's honesty materials. There's truth. When you feel, when you grab a piece of concrete, a countertop, whatever, you, you know that it's solid. You know that the thing is stout, heavy. You can feel the, the temperature of it. You tap on it, the resonance. You can sense the thickness of it. You don't get that with a painted on coating, you know, like essentially paint with some cement mixed in. You roll it on and, hey, I made a concrete countertop. No, no you didn't. You just painted it concrete gray. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just found it interesting, too, that you, you paint it on. I mean, that's... Um... Again, as you just said, there's a place for everything, so I'm not going to knock it. What I am going to say is for those people who like the the authentically and the honesty in materials, whatever that material would be, you know, leather or whatever we're talking about, then something like that, uh, I don't know. It, the other part, I don't know, a whole can of worms here is those of us have been doing this for a while, right? One of the things we constantly try to talk to is, is not just the authenticity of the material, but, you know, the price points of those materials and how to make a living at it, how to run a business at it. And, 
you know, where to set that and what customer base are you looking for and what kind of clients do you want to really market to based on what you're making? All of that flies in the face of not just not just the materials and how it's being marketed in this case, but I'm willing to even say that those people that are doing it and who they're marketing to as individuals trying to do business yeah. in this industry. Well, you're not positioning your company as a high-end luxury good. And you're Right, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, once hard. you position yourself as the, you know, the the low end, the bottom yeah. end of of the spectrum, then that's where your that's where the perception of your company is. So, it's it's hard to say, yeah, we'll do a roll-on concrete countertop coating to make your Formica look like concrete, but we also do, you know, really high-end concrete sinks. Hmm, those that's two what things. I mean. That, yeah. That's that's the hard. That, that's a, it's the rippling effect, right? It's like dropping the water. Yeah. So on one side, if we talk about the authenticity and the you know the the uh, a luxury item and who the client base is and like you're not going to make a living this at, you know twenty three dollars a square foot, you know. So where you need to do and a price point and the quality that you need to present behind that, and then at the same time, but if you don't want to do that, then you can paint this stuff on. It's super cheap. And and that's I don't know, man. It, there's the other side. It just seems like the the story to that is almost cheapening the rest of it mm-hmm. to me. But you know, maybe people see that as completely two different things. I think that product honestly is is uh, advertising geared towards DIYers. I think that's who the the intended market is. But even a DIYer would be far better served to make a simple form, cast a simple concrete countertop. I have uh, a guy here locally, in Northwest Arkansas that is doing this really rad build. And he's made his own concrete pieces. He's cruised up to my shop, picked up bag mix, has no experience and has made phenomenal mm-hmm. pieces, phenomenal pieces just yeah. in his garage, you know, on sawhorses has turned out really, really cool stuff. Those are going to last far longer and wear much better. And just they'll, they'll go the long haul versus had he gotten granite or from Mike or something and then rolled on a coating. It's just not going to last. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's one of the, bad overall looks to someone when, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but sometimes the idea is when we talk about something DIY is the idea that it may be a lower quality. I believe there's, there are materials on the market that even a, even somebody who hasn't done them, they're not doing it as living, but they still value quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for that person who, may not want it because I don't think it's always about not wanting to pay the professional to do it. Sometimes it's just, it's the challenge of doing it yourself, but you still want quality. I guess what I'm saying is I haven't met a DIYer yet. I literally went yesterday to look at a job, incredibly nice woman. We had a great conversation. My son Jaden was with me and, you know, ultimately she's like, well, you know, I was thinking about doing it myself, but I don't think you could. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I think you could. Because she was so focused on the challenge and the, you know, so to, you could almost see this kind of pride in herself if she could do it herself. But what she was concerned about was putting this in a place and her confidence level if this ended up crap. So, boom, no. Quality materials brought her totally out. And I think she's, I'm still going to end up doing it for her because I, I couldn't convince her. But I guess what I'm saying is, you know, DIYer doesn't have to go buy 
crapcrete and say, hey, this is some crappy job I did, oh, because I'm DIY. No, I mean, you got there's incredible products out there, super high density. I mean, now, without going hoo-hoo, rah-rah for Kodiak, there's an ultra-high-performance concrete that's available if somebody wants to do a small project. So I think they could easily meet the demands of the quality without having to focus on putting lipstick on a pig. Well, the house I bought in Wichita, the previous owners were, you know, just the typical, they watch HGTV and then they get inspired and they go buy crappy crap to, to do DIY things. Mm-hmm. So two things they did is one, they took these like faux, you know, the ceiling tiles made of tin. Yeah. Well, they sell those out of foam as well, like soft, spongy foam, like neoprene, essentially. They hmm. took those and they know. liquid nails them and also use silicone to the wall. So they liquid nails all these, it's a big wall, these foam tiles and, you know, a really shoddy job. Like if, I'll tell you about it in a second, but then they painted it all white. And so from 10 feet away, you're like, hmm, that looks kind of like a, you know, tin ceiling. Like tile. Yeah. Then you go up and yeah. you touch it and it's, it's like a pillow, a spongy. You can just put your finger. Bleh, bleh, bleh. And so I'm like, yeah, mm. we're not leaving this. I got to take this down. So I take it down. It rips out bits of plaster because liquid nails and the back of the foam pieces stayed stuck. I had to gouge all that stuff off. I ended up spending days and days and days repairing that wall. Just take it back to zero because these dummies went the DIY route, right? They could have gotten mm. legit ceiling tile. They could have nailed it up there. They could have painted yeah, it. Yeah. It would have looked a thousand times better. It would have been real. It would have been, and it, it wouldn't have destroyed the wall and went to take it off. The other thing they did is they covered up a, a mirror that was above the fireplace with stick-on plastic laminate flooring. You know, that's just mm-hmm. the stick-on crap. So I just painted it all to, to get us by, but I'm going to do all concrete. Once we get moved in and I get settled and I can template everything, I'm going to do concrete above, concrete uh, surrounds and everything. But yeah, it's just that mentality. That mentality, it doesn't have to be done badly. You can, any DIYer yeah, can take the time and do it right and have something that's going to be there for a long time and age well and age gracefully. There's a line in... Well, um, well hold on. Sorry. There's yeah. a line in uh, Fight Club where he says, sticking feathers up your butt doesn't make you a chicken, right? That is so true. There, there's, you know, you do a coating on something, gold paint, concrete, colored paint, whatever it is, it doesn't make it gold. It doesn't make it concrete. Let things be what they are. The other thing these people did, they did like this faux, the garage door, they did that paint and they used like the roller to try to make it look like wood. So they tried to make the garage door that's a metal garage door look like it's wood planks. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough sell for me. None of it's real, yeah. dude. I mean, once I get in there, I gotta I, I gotta get settled. But I'm gonna paint everything. You know, it's gonna be a metal garage door painted a nice color, but it's not gonna try to look like wood. You know? Yeah, I agree. That stuff doesn't fly. But that being said, I will say in this particular case, at least up front, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt because. I have seen, you know, micro cements, but to me, they, they're almost like plasters. And I know they call them micro cement, but like, I, I really love plasters walls, which I think you could re- look some gorgeous stuff with micro cements and so forth. So um, I don't know, benefit of that. I, I don't know if I'll be around anybody using, you know, a paint on concrete kind of product, but I don't know, man, maybe it surprises us. Maybe it, it goes down, looks brilliant. And, you know, you get, you tap on it and it's solid and you're just like, holy moly, this is a, it's the new way. Maybe. <laughs> I can't, I can't finish that with a yeah, straight face. No. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the things I, you know, I, I no. think you're, well, I think you're 100% right. I think 
I don't think anybody that does this professionally would ever even consider using a product. But if there's any DIYers listening to this podcast, they're like, oh, yeah, I saw that ad. And I was thinking about doing it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do the right no, thing. I think there's, yeah, there's so much materials available now to a person who wants to do a small project, yeah. DIY or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you could be a professional welder and I guess technically be a DIYer doing concrete. But you know, there are so much masterful quality materials available now that um, that just doesn't seem sensible, quite frankly. Yeah. But maybe it does. Maybe someone, you know, could hit me in a direction like, no, this would be the only way you could do it. So it's possible. Yeah, whether they use Kodiak Pro or they use Trinic or Fishstone or Buddy Rhodes or Surecrete, whatever it is, it's at least solid. At least right. it's a real material and not a coating, a painted coating. Uh, what else, John? What else you got? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to sound like a jerk here, but I'm going to look up. I was watching a guy on Instagram this morning who was making a lot of, and the thing that struck me was he's making these concrete bowls. And then he was, so the, when he, we all know, right. It looked like it was a two part mold, cast the bowl, the back side of the bowl was just riddled with air, crazy mm -hmm. air. He actually did another one too. I'm going to say a reverse. Maybe it was for a fire bowl or something, but the same two-part mold. So now the interior of the bowl was just riddled with air. Then what he was doing is taking a grinder and cutting lines and ultimately hand chiseling to, to make it look right. And of all things, that was another situation where I was looking at these and thinking like, man, that was so 2021. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, so it was so right? 2004 to 2021. I mean, that's really the way it was, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a better way, and an easier way. I guess what I'm saying is that, that one of those moments today where it hit me like a freight train. I mean, you and I have been talking about this for weeks. We've been a part of this whole thing. But that was just one of those situations to me where I, I just felt like this, you know, like I was outside looking through the window and I was watching these and I was just like, holy crud, man. Like, wow, that seems there's a, there's, I'm going to have to get a hold of him and say, hey, try this for a minute. And um, not that I'm trying to be salesy. But it just, it was one of those moments, I'm not, I can't do, I don't know how to iterate this any better, but it is like, wow, that can be so not happening anymore. That's pretty amazing. So, sorry. That's okay. That was my thing today. Well, our guest today is going to be Jake Brady, the one, the only, the legendary, the Jake. thicker, yeah. longer, stronger Jake Brady. He's going to be our guest. Mm -hmm. I know he ordered some product from Joe. We'll talk to him if he's used it or not. I, I think he just came in not long ago. And uh, yeah, he's been thing, a big user of Rapid Set. Yeah, yeah for he years. Likes the, yeah, CSA cements and these kind of things. Yeah, dude, I've known Jake came to a class. I don't know how many years ago. Came to a class in Phoenix. One of the classes we did, and uh, I think he was using Rapid Set way back then. So he's been using it for a long, long, long time. Long time. Yeah, but. Uh, the other thing is we have the concrete hoedown on the hauler. So I'm hoping that Jake can make that event. I'd love to have him there. But I want to hit the hoedown really quick. It's going to be October 14th and 15th. You can sign up at KodiakPro.com. Go to the uh, shop and then training and events, concrete hoedown and hauler. It's a two-day class. 
it's not training, but we will be demonstrating, mixing, casting, curing, sealing, answering questions. But it's it's a social event. It's there to have a good time. We're gonna make things together. Right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have you know concrete games. We're gonna have concrete camaraderie. We're gonna have concrete conversations. You're gonna be around concrete brothers and sisters. You know your your uh, compeers. So I'm hoping that uh, if you haven't registered yet, that you will, and you'll go to KodiakPro.com. The cost of the event is $9.99. That includes a $250 credit. So the cost of the event $7.49. It's about $375 a day. And uh, so, yeah, it's a good value. And Yeah, we're going to have some barbecue. Uh, Dusty's talking about getting a couple of the guys that he knows to come out and do some stuff. And Yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. And I've never been to Dusty's shop, so... It's nice. And what is he? Mc, McEwen. Say it again. Say it again. McEwen? McEwen? McLovin? No. McLovin? I'm McLovin. Something like that. Uh, McEwen. Yeah, yeah McEwen. Which is about an hour away from Nashville. You'll fly into BNA, which is Nashville International Airport, and drive down to McEwen. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. ton of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm hoping Jay can make that. And uh, what else? You got anything else, John? No, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jake's up to. I haven't talked to him in a while. You know, Jake was very well known for doing those massive, I don't know if he's still doing them, massive pieces. Was kind of like his big thing for a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Jake, what I really liked about Jake, the time I, that he came out to the Epics back in Georgia, yeah, we, he, was, he was just a good guy to be around, you yeah. know, to talk and, you know, talk business and where he's going and you know all these kind of things so yeah i always tell people when you come to the classes become known for something give somebody a reason to call you and not acme concrete that's just a jack of all trades you know in your area and uh you know i've become known for furniture and sinks dusty baker's become known for dusty crete you've become known for upright casting finishes all the wineries in your area love that look Mm -hmm. become known for something and jake brady has become known for scale like michael carmody has where people seek him out because they want big pieces, monolithic, huge pieces. And Jake Brady's that guy. So if you're in Florida or in the area of Florida, Jake Brady's your guy to hit up. If you want a massive piece cast, you know, in one section and delivered with a crane and installed, he's your guy. There you go. All right, let's get him on the phone. Let's get him a call. Speaking of Kodiak, you got some materials. Have you tried it yet? I have. I have not. Ah, you know? bum, and, bum, uh, bum. When you guys uh, got, you know, when you asked me to, uh, hey, you want to do the podcast? I wasn't sure until that free pallet of Maker's Mix showed up, uh, <laughs> and I thought, I can't say no. <laughs> Lies. Lies. I'll do, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I've been, um, I've been. You know, as most people know, I've been using Rapid Set for years, uh, and they had, they must have had a materials change or something, because I went through, you know, a bit of a difficulty getting a pallet at some point, and I've been on a great roll for what seemed like years of beautiful, fluffy pallets showing up, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh, we got one here, we got one there, uh, okay, no, it's coming, so it showed up, and... 
I had something cast, my uh, two young fellows working for me that were homeschooled and living across the street. It was just a perfect arrangement. And so they batched out this small mix and we cast. It was, um, of course, it was a piece that needed to go with another piece from another batch yep. of oh, another, pa- another palette. That's never yep. good, right? No. And no. so they left for the day. And so that evening I thought, oh, you know, they cast that around lunchtime. I'm going to pop that open and polish it. And I put the polisher on it and it just took the cream off of it like it was nothing. Hmm. And I was like, hmm. okay, my, fir- my first thought is they, they messed up something in the recipe. I'm going to weigh it out again. I'll cast it right now. You know, the mold was still perfect and it cured over the night the next morning slightly better but still the same thing and the color was just i mean it looked like okay one had used carbon black and the other one used black oxide or Mm -hmm. something it was just radically that different different, huh wow yeah so i started doing some testing on it and once the concrete would set for like at least 24 hours you it would have normal performance when polishing it but I, I still had some of the older stuff left in the batch before, but it had been, you know, it was the bottom of the palette. I'd had it for a while. I sifted it and I did an identical side by side comparison of just a two pound mix it up, uh, a fixed identical recipe, a little bit of citric acid and using a little heat gun on it to see what the temperatures were going to. And the new stuff just wouldn't kick. Hmm. I'm like, what hmm. the heck is going on? So now is this the purple bag or really cement good. all the actual yeah, pre-blended yeah, purple, ba- purple okay, bag, purple. purple bag, just gotcha. the, just cement only. And huh. so I was giving them batch bags, you know, the batch numbers off the bags and up five pounds to their lab. And they never really got back to me with any, uh, concrete answer. And, um, and they gave real solid. I, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so they said, you know, I said, look, I'll keep the old one as a, you know, a pain in the ass payment, and uh, you know, make some planters out of it or something. Because, like I say, once it cured for long enough, it seemed to be fine. And so they got me a new palette, but still the color difference was still. Um, made something look like geez I, I mean i didn't put walnut brown in this so i've adjusted colors and i've been using it but just like one of those things that you know i think i've been rumorating in my mind for a couple of years of man this would be easier if i had a like a pre-bag mix mm-hmm. and you know so i'm not having to train somebody to weigh things out and, and be second guessing that aspect of it and but of course I live in Florida, which is a giant sand spit. And as you guys have said, that some people like their sand because it's become part of their look, and that's my case. And and I can go buy a 2,000-pound super sack of sand that's pretty clean and beautiful. It's, it's uh, mason sand or masonry sand. It's $55. It's eight yeah. miles away from me. So uh, in the same place as a pool supply place, they have – federal white Portland cement, uh, bagged in their label bag. And I'm like, why do I, I don't want to pay for cement and sand to be shipped across the country. Um, 
you know, when I can get it right here. So the red mix uh, for me uh, makes the most sense. So sure. I'm, like I say, I've been just busy as usual and, and just trying to find something like, okay, what can I use this for? Whether it's something for my own house or a, a small job that I can you know, run with this so I, with, with a client who I explained like, Hey, I'm trying this. We're going to, you know, make a small sample for color and stuff, but this is what I'd like to do. So, so hopefully this week, um, I'm going to get a chance to get to that. Dude, I think you're going to love it. But two things I would say, or one thing really, Radmix insane. Radmix is a phenomenal product yeah. and added to your cement and sand, it's going to make a complete game changer. I think mm -hmm. when you see it, cause we've, we hear this every week from people that are like, yeah, until I tried it, I just thought you guys are doing sand, cement, and dry polymer. You know, I thought the stuff that I'm doing was a thousand right. times better, but then I did, I'm like, oh my God, this is yep. totally different. But if you get a chance, uh, next time you get something from Joe, just get him to throw one bag of maker mix yeah. and try it because he, 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 he did. Okay. He, so you do have did. a bag of maker mix. I, I have. Yeah. Perfect. Yep, I do. Because there, John talks about it, the magic that happens when it goes under this crazy sheer blending from our blender, um, the way it disperses the sand and cement, right. it's different. It's different. It's different than you'll get from doing your own cement, sand, yeah. and rad mix. It's a different mix. And so just try it, and you might be like, hmm, that's worth it. That difference is worth yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he included it. And, you know, we're all guilty of, you know, of course we've got to watch our pennies and dollars and this stuff. But overall, the cost, um, you know, ratio of our retail price that we charge, the cost of our materials, you know, we've got room there to go, okay, so I'm going to, you know, what if I double the price of that raw material of the concrete? That's not a game changer. No. Uh, yeah, to, uh, it never is. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, the labor I, savings you know, like is, every, offsets it completely. Right. You pay either way. You know, occasionally. Right. You're going to pay one way or the other. And so the only time I use federal cement is when I do something that's a pure white. And it's and I use somebody else's dry polymer. Um, I use some silica fume in it. And I use a uh, water-based two-part urethane sealer. And the difference in the sealing of a rapid set product compared to the white Portland with the uh, polymer and silica fume, it's like, oh, it's so much more dense, is so much harder, and seals so much better, feels better, that it's like, I've been on the fence about going to uh, Portland base for a long time. And now, I'm, you not, don't put any... you know, I'm not turning and burning it. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, just so I'm on the same page, you're not putting any polymers, though, in your rabbit sets, right? Okay, right. so I think what you're going to see, what's nice I think, sand and water. yeah, the nice thing that you're going to see then with this is that it's going to be much closer to what you're used to from a workability standpoint. Because again, just to make clear, although he made a joke, mm -hmm. there's, there, there's, I'm pretty anti polymer, man. So these mixes, the makers mix, rad mix as the admixture with all the, you know, the nicks and the, you know, pretty little stuff. Yeah, it's, it's devoid. Yeah. We're not big on the, I, I mean, I've walked away from all that once I, you know, had my own eyes open, tested, you know, went through the legitimacy right. of what these things are and, and said, yeah, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> no, no, I'm right. done with all that. 
you know, and, yep. you know, once we moved into this end of mix designs referred to as UHPCs, yeah, none of yep. these mixes are using uh, polymers or powder polymers. And there's a reason for that. So, yeah. So I think from a workability, you may find this a little closer to home right. to what you're used to and dial in based well, that on that. Was, that was one of the things that has always made me sort of shy away from the Portland-based stuff was the supposed, quote unquote, need for the polymers that it changed the workability of it. I loved the rapid yeah. set because I'm using a higher water content. It's not gluey. You know, it was nice to, to it was just so nice to work with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked to try this stuff. Well, I've been casting tile for the last week, um, for my house and they're right. 36 by 22 hexagons, half inch thick and pouring it and 36 of them I've cast every one of them is perfect perfect there's you know because right. we're using pigment so there's some modeling of color which is really nice you want that in concrete but there is not a pinner to be found and they are so dense right. and dead flat um right. one of my old on it. you remember jeremy they used to work for me i think you came to a class way back in the day when i had jeremy working there remember jeremy tattooed guy yeah i think yes yeah, yeah he's a character but he hit me up on instagram he's like dude did you put scrim in those he's like or is that like 2010. I'm like, dude, that's like 2010. There's no scrim in there, right. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> right. yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're just incredible. It's incredible. So, you know, do it for yourself. See yeah. what we're talking about, have that frame of reference. And, and I think it's going to yep. change things. One of the things I like about the potential of it is, and so I was listening to a couple of your podcasts and I was listening to the one with, um, one of the ones with Martin Haddock and talking about oh. How he was, uh, you know, he was a spraying guy, you know, that's part of it. And it's always yeah. been that for me, too. And but as I see the way Dusty Baker turns out product, he's dumping the stuff in the mold. He puts it in the little frame in the back and pours his edges full where he needs to and stuff. I'm, I'm not getting any younger. You know, yeah. I'm going to turn 52 this year. I've been beating the shit out of my body for a long time. And yeah, it feels great, you know, spraying a, you know, 60 square foot piece and, and, you know, whew, it's all work out, get all pumped up. But, but after listening to the podcast, I took a hodgepodge of ingredients that I had here and decided to go a different direction with this small little 40 or 32 by 84 inch table I was doing. I said, you know what, I'm going to do the whole thing with some PVA and acrylics, no big AR fiber. And I poured an SCC table. Oh my God, what was it nice? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Dude. What a difference. And because my material was a little older, I, you know, I spent some time really thoroughly sifting some stuff because it's not just a miscoat I'm worried about now. It's like the whole thing. And we cast that thing, put our little frame in it. Uh, and this was with the rapid set. And so I hung out for a little bit long enough to pull the frame out of the inside. I put a blanket on that thing and went to bed. The shop was clean, not a bunch of overspray everywhere. Yeah. And so I am definitely going to go to, and, and one of my favorite parts of the whole business is the building of things. So I added a little more time to the, you know, the proper building of the inner form, you know, to create the thicknesses and void. You there, buddy? Jake. For that. Oh, there you are. Hey, Jake, are also, you walking around by Jake, chance? So. Yeah. Are, are you walking around? That's why. 
I may have just gotten up and done that. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're cutting it out a little bit. I am now stationary and as close to the router as I can be. There you go. Well, you know, you're talking about that, and it reminded me of that scene in Pulp Fiction where he's like, pride is a m That's just pride right? Marcellus Wallace is telling uh, Bruce Willis's yeah. character, take a dive, right? He's like, pride's a m yeah. Yeah. That is spraying. That is spraying. That is pride yeah. with you. You're 52. I'm in my yeah. mid-40s. John's in his 50s. If we can mix, pour, walk away, pop it, it's perfect. We process it. We seal it. We install it. We collect that check, and we go to the next one. Why not yeah. do it that way? Why not? Right. You know? Right. So. I've, yeah. My pride's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've got plenty. Uh, you know, it could take a couple of hits. Dude. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to uh, do an addendum to your T-shirt. What is it? Uh, thicker, longer, stronger, easier easier that'll be the fourth one like you guys were saying with with martin that yeah there'll still likely be places where okay this is a spray up sure you know i do a lot of waterfall edges that are on pieces that i don't want to be pouring those waterfall edges you know thick and solid and stuff but uh i could definitely use the break from it and less of it Joe Bates does a lot of spraying, a ton of spraying. I do zero. And one thing about waterfalls I'll say mm -hmm. is, you know, I've done a lot of waterfalls with the old mix we used to use, the Buddy Rhodes mix. And the problem with that was if you had mm -hmm. any moment of stoppage where you're like mixing a little bit more and then you pour it, you get a cold joint, number one, right. that you'd see. And you just get a lot of air entrained running down the leg as you're pouring it. And right. so I would try to pump it in. I'd mm -hmm. devise all these ways to get the mix down in there and, and fill it from the bottom up so it didn't run down the walls. I've done probably three or four pieces with Maker Mix uh, that are waterfall edges that I pour just down through the leg. Every one of them clean the entire way. And there's been ones where we've had to stop for like five, ten minutes because mixes, we're waiting on it. We're still mixing. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm like, oh, man, we demoled this. I'm going to have this line here and I'm going to have these air pockets and, you know, because it dried running down the surface. Right. Every one of them has been perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So I get what you're saying about spraying for the hollow side, but, yeah, yeah. that's the other part of it that's kind of well, crazy. Well, that's a – I mean, to me, a, a, a true testament, although I've seen plenty of people's videos with 36, 42-inch, you know, um, vanities, you know, poured straight faces. You know, mm -hmm. Martin, since we're talking about him – he just did a 10-foot column. That oh, that hole? Just, yeah, that he just poured yeah, from yeah, the top. Yeah. So, yeah, and he, you can see there is not a lift line one. There's, you know, only a couple little tiny voids. I mean, that – see, there's – to me, there's a good and bad now. Now, it's almost too perfect if you didn't want it perfect. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. too perfect. Yeah. Well, let me so, tell you about that. Exactly. Let me tell you about that, John. These tile I cast – my, uh, my helper, Aiden, because normally we, we silicone everything, even a, a small little like 16th of an inch roundover just to seal the form. And he asked me about that. He's like, are we going to silicone these? I said, no, we're not going to because I want that slight bleed out of water, that discoloration you get when it's not right. sealed to create some modeling because I want some slight modeling to color in these. I don't want these to be just perfect, perfect. And we got that. It's right. so Looking subtle. Like Formica. Exactly. It's so subtle, but it's nice. It's nice to have it. I have to admit, I'm just given that, if, you know, Martin hears that when I saw that 10 foot column, I mean, that's that, you know, pole column, whatever he's calling it. And he's just poured that from the top down. I mean, clearly he didn't, you know, he's only doing a, whatever, probably a five gallon bucket at a time or something. And so he said, he didn't spend any, 
he didn't there was no diligence, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, he didn't have a right. a plan on how to pour <laughs> it and oh to lean it. And he just like he just dumped and went. And I mean that right. thing is freaking amazing. It's amazing. Now you've been very well known, you know, for years of you know, doing those massive pieces. Are you still doing a lot of big stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh mm-hmm. just a little a little more carefully. Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, that, that challenge aspect of it. And, uh, you know, I have a forklift, I have a tractor. And so sometimes I've got, uh, you know, the forklift, uh, which can't come outside. So I'll have it strategically placed, bring the tractor in and be getting it from both sides. Got the, the two kids who used to work for me across the street, they've got a couple of big buddies. And when, sometimes when it comes time to flip things, you know, a little arranging of all hands on deck. But I still, I'd rather put my time into carefully seaming my casting material uh, and surfaces as opposed to trying to do seams in the field. And And it's the rush. I mean, that's, you know, even when clients say, like, we don't care if there's a seam... Here I'm like, yeah, but I do, and it's you know it's probably it's still some of that more more of that ego stuff, it's and just I, pride it's, f- it's one of the thrills. It's like going fast, right? But I like going fast <laughs> on motorcycles too, and, and my wife let me have one, so <laughs> I I gotta cast big shit. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like it. I like it. I you know I don't like seams either personally. I'm I'm uh, opposed to them, but at the same time, it makes transport installation you know getting into a space so much easier but there's you know there's carmen do you and carmen are kind of the same mindset where you enjoy the logistical challenge of it yeah of getting it into a space crane it in wheel it down the hallway tilt it this way you know everything's got to be just right to get it in there that's a puzzle yeah i'm gonna do the puzzle i'll go with the puzzle the days of me i mean two of us with our omni clamps you know, carrying these massive pieces, the other, I mean, fortunately I'm a fairly strong guy, but always someone else on the other end dying. Usually Billy Glaze mm-hmm. used to do it with me. He's dying on the other end. We're stopping every two feet, you know, <laughs> trying to get under the eaves, you know, coming onto a deck or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Cause we didn't, you know, hire a crane to take it up over the house or yeah, those days, man, I don't, I don't miss them at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm done with all that. Did you ever do helicopters, Jake, for install? I have not. I have not. We just had one recently that it was so sketchy because the house is right on the beach in St. Pete. And trying to the crane that you had to get in there, I mean, it's only going out to a fourth floor rooftop deck. But because of this little tiny back alley behind the house and all these power lines, that the crane oh. had to go so high up in the air and then just do this relatively very small. Here I am standing here with my hand up in the air, imitating a concrete or a crane boom as I'm telling this. <laughs> and you know, so it only had to go 40 feet, but it had to go like a hundred plus feet in the air. And uh, one of these days I'm looking for to, to get the drone footage uh, from the contractor. And they were a couple of young guys and, uh, they had brought a hot tub up there 
and they have been debating on whether or not they were going to use a helicopter for it, but they found a crane guy. This crane is just massive, way overkill. I mean, that guy can hardly get it down the alley. And they covered the expense of the crane, but no, I have not ever used a helicopter yet. It's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, but they had priced it. Have you? Well, yeah, we did it in Phoenix. Uh, I did a project for ASU for the law school, and essentially when I went out to when I went out to look at it, they had like four cranes set up. So same thing. It was like they wanted these big pieces and I quoted it with seams. But then when I was making it, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it one piece. Merry Christmas. It's going to be better. It's going to be stronger. Yeah. You know, these tables and stuff. I'm just right. benches. I'm just going to do one piece. I'm not going to do seams. So I, I go to the expense of building a table and doing polycarbonate and casting them one piece, everything. And uh, the site super came down to like approve it before the company came to pick it up because I wasn't going to do delivery. They hired a company, but anyways, right. the site super came down. He's like, these are supposed to be in three pieces. I said, yeah, no, I know. Uh, it was cheaper that way. I did it one piece because it's going to be better. <laughs> He's like, well, how are they going to get up on the roof? I'm like, I don't know. One of the four cranes that are sitting out there. He's like, yeah, no, those are gone, dude. Those are gone. I'm like, what? They're gone? He's like, yeah, they dissemble those things. They're gone. So he's like, you got to cut these. And I'm like, there's no way I'm cutting these. So I called. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I hit him up and I'm like, is it? I said, I see helicopters uh, doing the HVACs on the skyscrapers in Phoenix. Is it possible he's a helicopter? He's like, oh, we're our company. It's like, I can't DPR. I can't remember who is the the GC, but they're like, we don't allow helicopters on our job sites. I'm like, what does that? I was like, dude. If I was a general contractor, I would only use helicopters. All the company cars would be Ferraris. Right. It would be f***ing amazing. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that that's how I'd roll with it. But he's like, yeah, no, we, we don't allow them. And I said, well, I'll call ASU and see if they'll uh, do a waiver. So I called ASU, and they're like, yeah, no, that's fine. You know, we'll sign a waiver. And so they um, they did a helicopter, and it was incredible. It was so cool. Yeah. Right. So someday, when you get one of those crazy projects do it because uh they, they have to get Absolutely. like 30 or 40 police officers out there to like barricade off like a couple blocks around it right. and fire trucks and ambulances it's a whole thing it's a lot of fun yeah and then you gotta good. set it up like a mission impossible and hold on to the bottom of it while it picks you right. up <laughs> film it I, while you're swinging here uh this recent install with the two young builders you know good guys and uh and I thought I was this close to being able to ride the piece up. Like, st- cause what I do, I just have the crane lift up my whole cart. So the pieces on the cart, they put a strap on yeah. each corner. I clamp the piece to the cart and I was this close to being able to ride up on the cart, you know, standing there holding the slings and like, yeah, but I said, yeah, no, no, I was just, I no, no, not, not on my job site. Hell no. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not that 1892 close. anymore. You can't get away with that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, so you ever seen a picture? I think it's the Hoover Dam where it's one of the sections of pipe and all the, the men are standing in it and it's being lifted by the crane. Have you seen that photo? Yeah. Right. Oh my God. I have seen that one. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't pay days. me a, you couldn't pay me enough money to do that. I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. It scares me to death. Right. Well, that's what I was just saying. I, I watched an old something. video of guys on the Empire State Building, right? And I don't know what floor, but they're, they're way the hell up there. And a guy's up there, you know, turning, again, I'm going to call them the, the bolts, but, you know, heated them up yeah. rock hard, and then he flung them to someone else who then caught oh, it. Tossed and then he handed the guy with that cone. Yeah. Yeah. The rivets. Yeah. And nobody's strapped in. Yeah. yeah no no right. safety equipment. They're all just... You know, doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a yeah, different time now. My, my now I have to wear a mask. Just, like gets 
Yeah, I get butterflies in my stomach just thinking about that video. You know, tossing that hot rivet. Yeah, got it here. Over to you. And yeah. Whew, no thanks. Uh, yeah. So uh, these two young contractors the other day, I was up there doing punch out on the the install, and the guy says, "Do you ever mess with any of that um, name? Any of the Buddy Rhodes? I think it is concrete products." Mm. I said, "Buddy, Buddy Rhodes." Oh. Yeah, actually, Buddy's a good friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. You know, he stayed in my house last year, and that's that's so great, man. I, I heard you guys uh, did a podcast with him. I look yeah, forward last to week. It. Yeah. Yeah, Buddy is one of my favorite people ever. You know, it's, uh, it's one of the things that Buddy Rhodes products and Buddy Rhodes are two different things. And so Buddy Rhodes, the man yeah, oh. I love. Yeah. Love him. Love him. Yeah. Love Susan. Uh Always, Buddy Rhodes products that went a whole different direction, and that's why Kodiak Pro came right. about because everything that happened with that. But, but Buddy himself, right? Love the guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Speaking of Buddy, you know, having him uh, gonna, you know, the wonderful story about him, you know, finding out his birth mom's still alive and and lives an hour north of me, and saying, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be in Florida." I'm like, "Well, the door's open." And so I was in the process of doing new countertops for our kitchen and my wife going, they had better be done by the time <laughs> Buddy and Susan get here. Because we've, we've been to their house in San Francisco and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and so, of course, they pull in and here I have just glued in the backsplash pieces, right? Nice. And I've got the color, color matched caulk there. And Susanna's just like, oh, I don't effing believe it. You know, so I go out and say hi to them. And I, I tell them, I said, yeah, Susanna figured that it would go this way, that I'm gluing in the backsplashes. And Susan says, well, tell Susanna to be grateful because I've been waiting 25 years for my backsplashes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, then, and then I gave Buddy I gave Buddy the caulking gun and said, hey, do you mind giving me a hand for a second? And uh, that's how he began his uh, at my house. Nice. That's that's the life of a concrete contractor, dude. You never have it for yourself. Everybody right. else has stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the shoemaker's children go barefoot, right? Yeah. The cobbler has no shoes. Yeah. yeah. But no, I've been, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to trying your guys' stuff, making my life easier. Um, you know, we've all come a long ways. Have you heard about the hoedown? Do you want to come to that? Unfortunately, nah, I'm not going to be able to. I, like I was telling my wife, saying, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm taking the RV up to Dusty's, and was going to bring my good friend and right hand man with me, and she had forgotten to put on the calendar that we are going to Virginia that weekend for a long plane celebration. So, Sweet. yeah, so I'm going to miss it. You're going to miss it. It's going to be a great time. I wish yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was going to bring guns, and I was going to have them. I was looking really forward to it, man. Well, all the usual suspects are going to be there. Your buddies, uh, Dusty, obviously, Brandon Brownie, Noel, uh, Tommy, Edgar, all those guys are going to be out there, so it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm to go. Buddy's going to come? Oh, shit. Buddy's going to be there? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question. I mean, so, yeah. like, like us, the three of us, you know, we've now become OGs in this little industry, right? right? I mean, so yeah. other than a shop with one light and one outlet, what's been some of your challenges along this path? 
that you, you know, words of wisdom, people listening and, you know, moving this direction. Charge a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Charge Charge a lot of money. I'll tell you what, when we, when they used to hold the Epic events, and we did the roundtable discussions. And that was a night that, you know, I was uh, sitting at your table. There'd be a big bottle of whiskey in the middle of it. And you were talking about having to do that. Like, you know, you got to pretend that you don't need that check. You know, you don't need to pay your cell phone bill and the lights and all this stuff. And you got to tell somebody like, look. That's my price. And that's like, why so expensive? Well, because I'm going to bleed, suck in a bunch of dust. I'm going to, I'm going to cry. Maybe I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to give up X amount of hours of my life to make this for you. And that's why it's so expensive. And if we're done here, I've got some work to do. So you guys let me know. And I have passed on that anecdotal tale to many people. I remember Dusty Baker and I having some conversations years ago. He was frustrated, like, oh, damn it, Jake, man. I just, I just can't get them to blah, blah, blah. And I'm man, don't double your prices. You know, not everyone can do this. And you got to be cocky. You got to be a prima donna. And you got to sometimes laugh at people. Somebody sure. calling you and say, well, yeah, I bought a bunch of rental properties and, you know, I thought concrete would be perfect. It's less expensive. It can take a beating and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, hey, Jake. Oh, that's a good Have one. you heard? There's a yeah. product you can yeah. paint on for mica, uh, this concrete. You can you can just roll it on with a roller and then, right? and then it's, uh, it's a concrete yeah, countertop. It's easy. really good for rental properties for like flips and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just yeah, saw a amazing. Facebook advertisement pop up. Um, well, so you're, you're talking about this, and it's funny. I got on Instagram earlier today, and I follow this guy, Sean Van Dyke, who wrote a book called Profit First for Contractors, which I've talked about before on this podcast, which is really good for anybody in the trades who needs to know how to like charge properly, profit margins, all that kind of stuff. It's a good book to read or listen to the audiobook. But he posted something today. He got a somebody like commented on one of his videos that uh, they're only, they're not in it for the money. They're in it for the love of it, right? And I've heard that from this industry. Oh, bro, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the love. Mm-hmm. His response back was, you should be. That's what he said. And, and then he like went on to elaborate. He's like, you can do a lot of great things with money. Uh, let me see. I already already deleted the screenshot that I took, but you can do a lot of great things with money. Improve your family life, improve your people's lives, improve your community. Profit is a measure of effectiveness. The more effective you are, the more money you'll make. If you're really not in it for the money, then go make a bunch of it and give it all away. That's way better than never making it in the first place. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're all in it to, to pay our bills at the end of the day. The other thing, yeah, I was listening to Guy Raz, How I Built This on NPR, and they were talking about Peloton. It's an old episode that I caught. But Peloton, when, when the guy first came out with Peloton, he had really low sales. And when they hmm. did like a research group and they're talking to people, people thought that at the price point, because he was much cheaper on the bike, it was like 900 bucks or something. A lot of people thought that at $900, yeah. it could not be a well-made bike. And so he wasn't selling. He doubled right. the price and sales went through the roof because people perceived that at $1,800, this has to be a good bike. Right. Perceived yeah. value. Perceived value. Yeah. And so it's so important that your price point matches your quality. And there's a lot of guys out there that are doing really high quality concrete, but they're charging 50 bucks a square foot 
Well, a customer right. in the luxury marketplace is going to look at that and think, hmm, that's probably not very good. Right. How many times have we been, you know, delivering? I know you don't deliver, Brandon, and I envy that so much. Excuse <laughs> my language. Just but. do it. Just say, I'm yeah. not doing it anymore. Oh, you got to come get it. Man, I, I'm struggling to get there. I've been in talks here and there with this guy who is a professional installer. He's got a crew of three, uh, three crews, and he does it for several of the um, granite solid service Stone companies, companies in yeah. the area. Yeah, and... So he came and helped me on one. My struggle is that he actually needs like a schedule. <laughs> you know, he needs a week in advance, a uh, quote unquote concrete, hard set in stone date that he can come uh-huh. pick up the stuff and do it. And therein comes my too much artist nature of, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. So I am, you know, this thing of, almost 52 and getting tired of lifting all this stuff. I am working hard to get better at going, Hey, next Wednesday, this job is going to be ready. Here are the prints. Um, you know, here's how it goes. I've got the color match caulking here with me. Come pick it up and get it done. And so I'm struggling to move towards that. But back to the other point, when you are installing and I always like the faucets to be on site before I drill any holes, and you right. take out these faucets and you realize sometimes that the faucets have cost more money than your concrete. Oh, yeah. Yep, and yep. and the people bought them because they were so expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm all for that line of thinking. And I want my shit to be expensive. Well, I went to my buddy Period. Kelly Eccles' house. Well, I went to Kelly Eccles' house. His stove... Which was insane, by the way. It has like a touch screen that pops out. You hit a button and this like iPad comes out of the front yeah. of it. It was like $30,000 for his stove. For his stove. Dude, I can buy a vehicle for that. And for what you pay for your it. stove. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then they'll balk at like, oh, the countertops are 16000 bucks. I spent 30000 on a stove. I spent 12000 on a refrigerator, which I never would, but he did. Right. Uh, I spent, you know, I have this convection microwave over here. That was another $7,000. All those appliances were probably fifty, sixty thousand bucks, 60000 bucks, but $16,000 or whatever right. it is for the countertops, too much money, too much money. I like looking at people occasionally and going, well, I'll tell you what, if you ask again, the price is going up. Mm-hmm. Architects have an interesting way of charging. They charge a percentage of the build cost. Whatever the finished build is, they get a percentage, right. which I think is insanity, right. insanity that they do this. Right. But I felt like, what if I do all the surfaces in the house, the sinks, the countertops, but I charge... Seven percent of the build, right? Right. There you go. <laughs> Give me seven percent right. of the build. Right. Well, it's a it's a ten million dollar home, and when we finished, it was fifteen because we went with this and we went with that and we upgraded this and we did this. Great. Right. I want seven percent of fifteen million. I just I I, I I don't understand how like some trades right. can get away with that and some trades can't. Like architects are doing a very set thing. They're they're doing the plans. They draw them up. Here they are. They provide a plan, but they get a percentage. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So I don't crazy. know. It is crazy. And they're all, the, the important part is they're all in on it. That's just the way they all do it, which is important. I remember uh, pre-concrete life, I was a tile guy and watching everyone race to the bottom. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, he said he'll do it for 250 foot. I'll do it for two and a quarter, mm-hmm. you know. And so Ben Nettles is in the same town as I am. And we have never bid against each other. Years ago, Ben called me one day. He goes, hey, man, how's it going? Great, blah, blah, blah. 
And he goes, do you know a guy named Michael so-and-so? I said, it's not ringing a bell. He goes, well, I think he may have quoted some work for him. I said, well, when I get back to the office, let me check with my office girl and I'll get back to you. I get back to the office and, hey, have we ever quoted anybody for this, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, no, no emails, no, no nothing. So I call him up and I said, no, we've never heard of him. He said, I didn't think so because I gave him a price and they tried to say, well, Jake Brady said he'd do it for this much. Oh, and sucks. he said, I, yeah. And he thought I said, no way, you know, <laughs> Jake's not going to do that. And so that mm-hmm. kind of thing's important. Um, and mind you, we're very fortunate that our, um, our people, our population base around here, we have a very high concentration of wealth and, you know, so we've got, you know, powerful spenders and stuff. So, um, makes our growing a business a little bit easier and there's plenty of work to go around for us and we get a couple guys popping up here and there um that will be trying to get into it maybe they've taken uh, a couple youtube video courses and stuff like this and a year later will be or six months or a month later we'll be tearing out their stuff and, mm-hmm. and putting in a quality product and uh and i've bought plenty of discount equipment from people who thought they were just going to throw money at triple head polishers and all this stuff. And it was just going to happen for them. And a year later I buy it all for a thousand bucks. There you go. Now that's why I have five triple head polishers and a couple scales and a couple color mix mixers and all that stuff. And, and, um, you know, one of my former employees, uh, Robert, who was with me for years and, as just part of my downsizing, when I was you know, ready to lose my mind, my shop was across from the Salvation Army downtown. I had people pooping in my planters and uh, needles in the parking lot. And that was kind of when it was escape time of like, okay, yeah, 12 acres out in the country, I'll take it. And so I had non-competes on everybody. So he went and worked for... Um, a company up in St. Pete. It was outside of the non-compete range. And, you know, and he walked in there like a god because he had learned from the bottom from me and, and been with me almost nine years or something. And so he very quickly was like the lead guy. And well, good quickly for him. Just, yeah. yo, I was so happy for him. But he quickly got to see that just because you're a big business and have a project manager and all this stuff doesn't mean that it goes any smoother. I was always trying to do everything, you know, and, you know, keep the machine going, keep seven people paid, you know, every week or every two weeks and, you know, keep it coming in. That is not easy. Yeah. Nor is it easy to just, Oh, I'm going to hire a shop manager and that will make everything better. You know, it, this is a tough, tough business, especially when, you know, some guys just do rectangles. You know, they're just doing countertops, whereas I, you know, like the thrill of doing the big pieces. I also like saying, yeah, I'll do that really cool water feature mm-hmm. you know, that I've never, <laughs> never done yeah. before. And uh, Jared Inlow years ago had told me, it's like, hey, next time you go to look at one of these projects, I want you to do some math in your head going like, yeah, it seems like 25 grand might seem like a lot of money to get for that water feature, but 
how many kitchens could you have made with one eye poked out and an arm cut off uh, while you're half awake? You know, you can make $25,000 worth of kitchens so easily um, compared to going and doing some of these custom things. So I try to keep that in mind, too, of when these custom things come along. Yeah, okay. I think maybe 25 grand is a lot. No, it's got to be 40 because I could make $25,000 for the kitchens so easily. And this is going to be hard. Exactly. And the yeah. risk is high because the risk of failure. The, the risk. risk. Yeah. Right. You're going to make it two times, right. three times, four times. So, right. yeah, there's, you got to take that yeah. into account. Robert has now um, gone on to, he's left that company. And he's started his own business. He's relatively, you know, our areas overlap. And, um, you know, I'm a Warming Trends distributor. And so I'm happy. Like I gave him a bunch of glass aggregate the other day. There's, I, you know, ordered the burners for him. Uh, I was out of some sealer hardener and uh, he helped me out. And, you know, a couple of months later, it was like, hey, I ran short on this. and. So we help each other out, and Ben and I have done the same thing over the years, and you know, working together on things like that, not driving each other's prices down. There's lots of work for all of us, and we speak highly of each other. You know, out in the field, you know, you say like, hey, maybe we have different design ideas, but you know, Ben has always done great work, and you know, I'm happy to call him a friend. And, Great industry, and uh, really, really sorry I'm not going to be able to get together for this gathering. I, I miss the big gatherings like Will this. Be you know, I think it's a yeah, yeah, yeah that'll really be nice. We're not going anywhere, right? Me neither. Well, Jake, it's been a great conversation. It's so good to talk to you. It's been way too long, and yeah, it's uh, been a while. It's been way, yeah, it's been way too long. Pleasure, likewise, guys. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear you're doing good and. Yeah, and here's to continued success with uh, Kodiak Pro. And I'm sure I'll be on the horn to either one of you or Joe uh, as I feel my way through it. And I'm uh, really looking forward to giving it a try. Awesome. Seeing how it works and buying a shit ton of it. I wish you the best. And uh, until next time, adios, amigo. Right on. Adios, adios Jay. Guys. Good hearing from you, man. Likewise. Take care, guys. 